Man, isn't God good? Hey, I'm already glad I came to church this morning. Praise God. Well, guys, we are blessed this morning to have a good friend of ours, uh, Brother Greg Fritz, in the house this morning from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Let's give him a big hand today. Uh, those of you that have been coming for a while, you're very familiar with Greg Fritz. Greg, uh, he's on our board here at the church, and so he comes uh, multiple times a year. And, and this year we were, were blessed because I think this will really be your third time if we count youth camp. So youth camp, and I got to just tell that story before we come because this is your first time back since camp. Uh, let me back up and tell this very long story shortly. Um, we, about three years ago, Brandon and I were reconsidering whether to even do youth camp at all uh, because youth camp is just a tool. You know, it's, it's a method we use, but it's not a sacred method, right? It's not something in Scripture that we have to do. It's just a tool that we use, and through generations and times and seasons, tools change and methods change. Uh, and so sometimes certain tools get outdated. And we don't use them anymore. And uh, churches are notorious, by the way, for holding on to tools and methods for way too long. Uh, even once they're dead, gone, and not useful and ineffective, we hold on to them anyway. Not this church, but many churches do. So we're always reconsidering everything, right? Not the things that shouldn't be reconsidered, like those foundational truths of the Word. But as far as how to reach people, how to do ministry, how to uh, be innovative and creative and figure out new ways and effective ways to reach people we're always thinking about that so nothing's off the table uh, and youth camp was one of those things we'd had several years where we had taken kids to camp wasn't really getting the results that we wanted and so we weren't afraid to ask that question man is is god doing something else in in our generation you know we can't just you keep doing youth camp because it was what we used and how God changed our lives back in the day. What if, what if God has something new, you know, for now? And so we were really considering that. But where we landed was not that we needed to throw, throw out youth camp and start with something else. What we landed was that we needed to do our own youth camp because we were going to other places and we weren't really able to do what we knew was possible at camp. So that happened for a couple years and definitely was moving in the right direction. But... Last year, or really this year, but the beginning of this year, um, we, we decided, Brandon and I talked, and we knew that we wanted to have Brother Greg Fritz come and minister at our youth camp. And, and those of you that know the long story, Greg was preaching at the youth camp where I got saved when I was 15 years old. Now, he's not as old as he looks, so don't, don't worry about that. But I was, at, I was 15 at a youth camp, and he was preaching that camp. He was probably... 20, you know, yeah, at that time, he was just a few years older, not really, but he was preaching at that camp, and that was where I gave my life to Jesus Christ, so really, we're, we're, we're all in this room today, really, because of something that happened at that camp in a service that he was in, and so all these years later, who would have thought that God would have him come minister to my kids who are now in youth at our youth camp, and your kids, um, it was just, you know, you can't plan these things, God orchestrated it. But I can honestly say that in the last 20 years, this past year's camp was one of the best youth camps that I've ever been a part of. And we experienced the presence of God and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at camp this year in a way that I haven't experienced in 20 years. And we had talked to Brother Greg. He'd written a book about the Holy Spirit. And before camp, we were giving this book to our kids, to our youth, to our youth leaders. We were reading this book together. We were studying it and preparing our hearts, you know, for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, man, did we have an amazing time. Just by a quick show of hands, how many of you were at camp? Because we got a lot of leaders in here. Yeah, a lot of leaders in here. Some of them are back in the youth today. But, man, did we not have just an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit? It was unbelievable. And, and, uh, and, and God used Brother Greg you know, to do that and, and to help with that. And so he's a very valued ministry gift in our life and in our church's life, and I've just seen God using him really all over the world. And so I want us to prepare our hearts and uh, have faith and expectancy this morning for God to use him in our lives today. Amen? So let's give Brother Greg a big hand as he comes. Brother Greg, we love you. Amen, Thank amen. You. Thank you. Well, what an introduction. 
Let's just close and go home right now before I mess something up. Uh, it's always good to be here and to be with my friends and, and to see you. Uh, the church is always progressing and um, building and developing. But the main thing that I see here is you've got a pastor that loves God and loves you. And that's, uh, that is really, really a treasure to have a pastor that has a pastor's heart. And I know you're in good hands here in this church, and it's an honor for me to be part of your board. And I don't say that about every board. I'm, I'm on a lot of boards. Seems like all these nonprofits have to have board members, and so you end up being on a lot of boards. But I, I've never, uh, I've always been honored to be part of this board and, and uh, always glad to, to come and minister to you. Uh, I've got something I want to share with you this morning that I will never be able to finish, but we'll just give you an introduction. How's that sound? And uh, I, I want you to really work with me. I want this message to change your life or change the trajectory of your life. And I believe it has the, the power to do that. So if you would, would you stand with me? I want to I help empower you against this onslaught of evil that has attacked our world, our nation, our cities. It's everywhere. How many of you have noticed things have gotten considerably worse and maybe you thought, well, what could I do about it? Well, I'm going to tell you what you could do about it. Uh, run for president. No, that's not what I, no. No, that's exactly what you don't do. Put something out that's impossible. If I could do that, I could make a difference. No, you can make a difference in your life right now. And we're going to get you armed with the truth. How many of you are excited about this? So if you'll work with me, and, I, and it's early, and I'm not normally long-winded, but I'm not going to make any promises, because i got so much to say, but I'm going to get you out, but I, I, I'm going to ask you to do your homework. If, if you're interested in this, if you think, hey, there's something there I want to dig out, I want to get, uh, I'm going to make a, a series that I've done fr uh, available to you free of charge, and you can get that if you want, but uh, that'll help me, then I don't have to feel like I have to cover every point. So let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in this place. I pray that uh, you would give me words to speak, that you'd give me utterance in the Holy Ghost, that you would open hearts and minds to the truths, the Word of God as it comes forth, as seed sown into good soil. We'll not be forgetful hearers of this Word today, but we will be doers of it. And we'll put it into practice in our lives, and I believe it will make a difference, Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you guide the next several minutes as we uh, declare the Word of God, open the Word of God, and people attempt to see and understand your Word to them in this place. And as we do that, we give you the praise, we give you the honor, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. You could be seated and, you know, there wouldn't be any good news if it weren't for God. Wouldn't be anything good to talk about if it weren't for God, but because of what he's done. And, you know, one of the reasons that church, a lot of church is made up of someone standing here talking to you and you sitting there and listening is because the work has been done. Jesus did the work that we couldn't do. Jesus defeated enemies that we couldn't defeat. Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave. Jesus defeated the devil. Jesus forgave us of sin. We couldn't do any of that. So he did it for us. Now, we just need to find out about it. You know, it's like the prison doors open, but if the prisoners don't know that, if they don't know they're free to go, some of them will never leave. And so a lot of preaching is just, that's why we pray for wisdom and revelation. It's not like we got to go do something. We, we don't have to get together and go defeat the devil. We don't have to get together and go try and pay for sin. Jesus did that. What we do need is to find out about it and understand it and have a working knowledge of the things that God has done for us and put at our disposal. And I'm going to do my best today to give you enough truth that you can put it into practice right now and make a difference in your home. How many of you believe that there's enough power in the Bible and the, and the kingdom of God to make a difference in your life and in your home? And, and if God were to focus His power on your home, it could be heaven on earth. So... Let me start by asking this question. A lot of, I've heard this question, and I, I really like to, 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 to deal with this concept. There are people that say, if there is a God, you know, that's 
quite a statement. If there is a God, then why is there so much evil in the world? Have you heard people say that? And, and there are people that don't believe in God because there's evil in the world. Well, let me answer that question in one sentence. If there is a God, then why is there so much evil in the world? Because there's a devil. Do you need to write that down? If there is a God, there's good in the world because of God, but why is there all this evil? Because there's a devil. We live in a world of polar opposites. It would be, it would be naive and simple-minded for us to think that if there's a God, if there's possibly a good God in the universe, that everything's going to be good. How, how could there, in, in a world of good and evil and right and wrong, uh, how can there not be God and, and an evil power in opposition to God. We live in a world, you can't have a South Pole without a North Pole. So we live in a world that's made up of polar opposites, and it's not a stretch to understand that God is responsible. Everything that's good and helpful, everything that's peaceable comes down from above, every good gift. But yet those things that kill, steal, and destroy are of the devil. I mean, I mean this is simple stuff. Anybody following me so far? I mean, let me break it down more. God, good. Devil, bad. And, and you know, I hope you can, you can just stay with me because I, in this secular world, and we're not in the secular world, please understand when you came through the doors of the church, we're in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We understand spiritual things. But in the secular world, you start talking about the devil, and they think you're, you're just talking about myth, mythology, the boogeyman. They don't understand that there's a real God and a real devil. And so that's point number one. We must understand that operating in this world right now, even as we speak, are two separate kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Now, a kingdom is, is where a king would rule or have sovereignty. And he would have, uh, in, in earthly kingdoms, they're separated by boundaries. So kings, and, and the boundaries of nations are established and everybody knows where they are. They know the boundaries of a nation and a king would have authority in that nation within those geographical boundaries. But in the spirit, it's different. In the spirit, you have the kingdom of God operating all over the world at the same time, but, but you also have the kingdom of darkness operating all over the world at the same time. Because they're spiritual kingdoms, there's no geographical boundaries. They're just here. In fact, Jesus said, when you talk about the kingdom of God, are, are you a king? Yeah, he said, my, I'm a king, but my kingdom's not of this world. The kingdom of God, he said, is within you. And so when you, uh, uh, in, in this world, there are two kingdoms. There's God and the devil. There's two kingdoms, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. There's two kinds of people, saved people and unsaved people. In the spirit, there are only two kinds of spirits. There are godly spirits and there are evil spirits. Things are a lot more simple in the spirit. There are two roads, the broad road and the narrow road. There are two places to spend eternity, heaven and hell. How many of you are with me so far? So these kingdoms operate all over the world. And you say, well, if God is so good, then why is there so much evil in the world? Because the devil has come and set up his kingdom on this planet. And, and the evil and the depression and destruction and the, and the wars and all of the problems that humanity faces is due to the fact that the kingdom of Satan is here. He's, there, there are in Ephesians 6, 12, he, Paul talks about principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. How many of you are with me? He talks about all of these, this, this, uh, this kingdom that's set up with levels of authority and then it's established on this planet. You say, well, how did that happen? Adam and Eve, remember that story? 
Adam was the king of the world. God made the world and gave Adam rule and authority over the earth. But when Adam sinned, he was literally joining forces or he was literally opening the gates of the earth and saying to the devil, come on in and set up your kingdom. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Not only did Adam and Eve fall into sin, but they allowed Satan to set up his kingdom on this earth. I shouldn't feel like I'm telling fairy tales to tell this story. It's reality. How many of you are with, this is really reality. And this makes, helps make this confusing world make sense. There are people that are animated by the devil. And what they do hurts. Their policies hurt. They're after control and fame and fortune and all the works of the flesh. And there are other people that are animated by the Spirit of God. And the things they do help and bless and touch humanity. But when you look at it from the natural, you just see a person and a person. See, well, they do a lot of things and they do a lot of things. And they you can't really tell what kingdom they're a part of. Because the kingdom is within you. Are you with me so far? All right, so, so you got the two kingdoms, and you have the two kings. They're opposing forces, and really, they're after the souls of people. So, so when, when you, as a human being, are born into this world, let me give you a scripture that's really um, amazing. In 1 John chapter 5, let's, let's turn there, because I want you to see a couple of these. First John 5, and I think we'll go to verse 19. It says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Isn't that a great picture of what we're dealing with today? We are of God. You wonder why you don't feel at home here? Because you're in the world, but you're not of the world if you're a Christian. You've literally been born from another place, and you're a transplant. You're a, you're, you're a, a, a citizen of another kingdom. But, but the world is under the sway, the influence of the wicked one. Now, let me just make this statement, because I'm going to tell you what you can do about this in a minute but i want to tell you this that no one that the devil nor god can override the human will so you have these two kingdoms operating you have satan's kingdom with principalities powers rulers of the darkness of this world that's operating in this world to sway he said the whole world is under the sway or the influence of the wicked one the passion translation says that, that we are god's children and the whole world lies under the misery and influence of the evil one so his kingdom is operating all the time to bring misery and pain and suffering to the human race. And he will try to entrap people through seduction, through lies, through misinformation, through temptations. He appeals to their baser nature. He uses natural uh, desires and perverts them to keep people in bondage. We call it addiction. It happens with food. It happens with alcohol. It happens with drugs. It happens with sex. Satan, that's Satan using natural human appetites to entrap people, to enslave people. But, but he can't do that without your permission. God can't save you without your permission. The problem is because of sin, think about this. If there were two kingdoms and two kings, and all of us are part of one or the other, how do you get in your kingdom? Well, when, uh, when I was born, I was born in Missouri. I got out as quick as I could, uh, but that's where I was born. And you know why I was born in Missouri? Because my parents lived in Missouri when I was born. I had nothing to do with that. That's just where they lived when I was born. Guess what? Adam and Eve were our parents. They moved into sin, into the kingdom of darkness. And we were all born there. We were born under the sway, the influence of the wicked one. We are sinful. We, we, uh, we were sinful. We had sin in our lives. We had a sin nature. Let me just give you this, because if you, if you don't believe me, then look at the Word. But in Ephesians 2, in Ephesians chapter 2,
in verse 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we also once conducted ourselves in the flesh, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. That's a great picture of people who were born into this sinful into the kingdom of darkness. We were born there, we, we, and Satan had a wonderful plan for our lives. He, he wants to punish. There's no reward for living for the devil. Are you with me? There's no, there's no satisfaction. There's nothing to look forward to. He uses up his subjects and then throws them away. There, there's nothing good about Satan and his desire for humanity. And so we, we, uh, we being born in that kingdom because of sin, because that's where our parents lived we now if we're going to escape that kingdom we have to accept the alternative and there's only one alternative and his name is Jesus I mean if you're with me so far so 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 this kingdom is set up we're born into it by birth and it's up to us to decide, I'm going to accept God's offer of forgiveness and be born again. And Colossians 1.13 says, when you're born again, you're delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. We go from death to life. We go from evil to good. We go from God, uh, de the devil to God. We go from one kingdom to another kingdom. Now, if you're born again, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. The only way to tell what, uh, what, what kingdom a person is in is to look into their spirit. And if they have the spirit of God, they're in the kingdom of God. So God's kingdom is expanding right now all over the world, one spirit at a time. You say, well, how does the kingdom of God grow? One heart, one life at a time. Boom, boom, boom. And the kingdom of darkness then is growing by, by natural birth. But thank God we have an opportunity now because I'll just tell you, the devil's overplayed his hand, I believe, on this generation. How many of you believe the enemy is making just natural people miserable? I mean, it's gotten so bad now, you don't know which bathroom to go into. And, and normal, natural people are not buying into all this. And they're like, is there an alternative to this madness? Yes, there is. But only one. Only one. Say, well, don't all roads lead to God? Yeah, but not the same God. The only road that leads you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light is Jesus Christ. Jesus came and said, I am the door. I am the way. The way to what? The way out of this kingdom into that kingdom. And once you become a child of God, once you're born again, and I believe I'm talking to mostly Christians here. Is that correct? So I'm telling you what's already happened to you. And this is why teaching is so necessary. You've already been delivered from the power of darkness. You go, well, I don't feel like I'm much delivered. Well, the truth is you've been delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You have a new father. You have new rights and privileges. You have a new constitution. You have a new inheritance. You have a new name. You have a new home. You have a new heart. You're going to get a new body. Everything about you is different now because you've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. In Romans 8, 2, he says, The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the spirit of sin and death, from the law of sin. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. In the kingdom of darkness, it's sin and death. In the kingdom of God, it's the law of the Spirit of life. How many of you would rather have life than death? How many of you would rather have heaven than hell? How many of you would rather have God than the devil? Well, if you've accepted Jesus, you're in! And I want you to realize this. There's no little saints, big saints. There's no saints in training. It's not like being a, an officer of the law where you have to go through school and become a cadet. Once you get delivered, you're delivered. Once you become a child of God, you have the name of Jesus. And in this new kingdom, which you're in, you have new authority. Everybody say amen. amen. You have new authority in this new kingdom. And it's amazing. And it belongs to you right now. Not just power, not just forgiveness, 
not just uh, you know feeling better about yourself not just a ticket to heaven you have a new nature and you have authority in the name of Jesus in fact Matthew 16 19 can you put that up we'll see they wanted me to send scriptures and I just I'm not good at that Matthew 16 19 have they put any scriptures up yet today Should I give? no <laughs> I'll read it to you <laughs> It's still not up there. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. When? When you get to heaven? No, now. You get keys now. You'll, you'll have the keys. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's powerful, folks. That means when you get saved, you become a child of God, and he gives you keys. Keys represent authority, access. Keys uh, are, are, are what you give to someone who, who has access, who has that level of clearance. They can enter those rooms, and those keys represent authority. And he says, look, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose. It's authority. And it's been bestowed upon you as a child of God. Are you with me? Now, you don't have to use authority. You don't have to exercise authority. You can just let the devil dump on you all the time. And, and a lot of Christians do. They have authority, but they don't use it. The thing about the authority that comes from God is he's not going to use it for you. God's not going to come down and use his authority in your stead he said I've given you the keys to the kingdom whatever you bind on earth I'll bind in heaven in other words it's still up to you it was up to you to serve Jesus it was up to you to accept Jesus as Lord and now it's up to you to decide how much of this junk are you gonna put up with in your life you have the keys if you bind it he'll bind it if you loose it he'll loose it it's time that we rose up as the body of Christ and said enough is enough I'm not gonna walk in fear anymore I'm not gonna walk in doubt anymore I'm not gonna walk in depression anymore I'm not gonna let this suicide demon haunt me anymore you have the keys we need to get angry not at people our, our battle is not with flesh and blood. But you can change your home. You can change your life. I'll tell you, just, I, I don't have time to, to fully expound on this subject. In fact, I did a series, and I wanted to do four messages, four 50-minute messages, and it, was, it ended up being six. I couldn't get it in four. I did it on TV. I wanted to do one month. It's going to be nearly two months. Uh, I, I just can't get it all in. But I, this kind of teaching is what the church needs today. W if you've been sitting watching the news going, things are getting worse and I can't do a thing about it. Yes, you can. You can affect your house. You can affect your mind. You can have an impact on your family. And you can say enough is enough. I'm sorry. I'm on a, I'm on a soapbox today. I, my mom watches this Christian program, and all they're doing is tracking the decline of, the, of America. And every day she's calling me going, you know, well not every day, but every time she watches, I can tell she's been watching because she'll call and say, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. The, the, the food's going to be cut off. The, gold, the banks are closing. The, this is happening and that's happening. I said, would you quit watching that show? Quit watching that. Listen, if the Titanic was going down, you don't need a commentary. You know, we've taken on two feet of water today. It's a conspiracy. That's what they're after us. And I'm telling you, we're going to have to do something. No, it's going down. The, the world's going down. Sooner or later, it's going down. I don't want to follow that. I want to follow. I'm not part of it. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I belong to the kingdom of light. I belong to the kingdom of heaven. That's my home. We don't feel at home here. This isn't our home. We belong in heaven with God. Don't follow this roller coaster of news, the news cycle. They want to be graphic and scary and, and, and radical to get your attention. Don't fall for that. Just re remember, I live in the kingdom of... I told my mom one time, I said, if you wouldn't watch that news, you wouldn't even know that was happening because it doesn't affect your house. It doesn't affect your, your routine. It doesn't... At all! 
and she was really upset about the food thing because these food processing plants were burning. And she said, they're burning. They are burning! I said, so? No, you don't understand. There's been dozens of them. There's no, and we don't know why. And, and, and if they burn, they're going to... I said, okay. Are, okay, are you, you're telling me that because of this, you're going to starve to death. Oh, no, I love God. I believe, doesn't sound like you believe God. You're telling me that the father who said, uh, he, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on. For your heavenly father knows that you have all need of all these things. Not even a bird in the air falls to the ground without his knowledge. Consider the lilies, how they don't sow nor reap nor toil, yet God clothes them, O you of little faith. I said, so what you're telling me is that these food processing plants are going to all burn down and you're going to starve to death. Well, no, I didn't say that. Well, then what are you worried about? What are you worried about? Well, it's just not right. Man, there's a lot of things in this world that are not right. And if you're waiting for everything to get right before you can get happy, you will never be happy. I just decided to quit waiting. I like to joke. I like to laugh. I like to tickle babies, and I like to joke with adults because they don't like to be tickled. You know. <laughs> it's, it's kind of awkward. But you know what I'm saying? It's why I want to laugh at the face of the devil. You're not going to ruin my life. You're not going to make me miserable. You're not going to make me miss out on the best years of my life. I can't help it that I was born when the world went nuts. I can't help it that they won't listen to me. If they listen to me, they'd know which bathroom to go to. It wouldn't be that complicated. But they haven't asked. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can control what goes on in here, and I can control what goes on in my home. And I want to have peace, and I want to have abundance, and I want to have happiness because I'm in the kingdom of light, and that's what we do. The devil will put on you as much depression as you allow. He will put on you as much misery as you put up with. He'd rather you just kill yourself and get it over with. I mean, that's how he bargains. He never stops bargaining. First of all, he'll say, you hate yourself, right? Well, kind of. Well, you shouldn't live, right? No, no, not really. Why don't you just go kill yourself? You go, well, I'm a Christian. I can't do that. Get thee behind me, Satan. And he says, yeah, well... Look at all that's happened to you. You ought to at least be depressed. No, I don't accept that. How about blue? Would you settle for just blue? Just kind of melancholy? Well, yeah, that's, now, now, now that is true. I've got reason to be melancholy. You just signed up for the package. You just said, bring melancholy into my house. Bring it on my mind. I'll never be happy again because I accept the fact that because these things are happening in the world, I can't be happy now. I reject that notion. I have a saying that I say every day on my program, and it's this. The good news is so good, the bad news doesn't matter. Because Jesus is alive today, he was raised from the dead, you and I can be happy. I don't care what happens. The worst thing that could happen to you is you die, and then you go to heaven. How's that a loss? See what I mean? You've got to get things in perspective. I just refuse to live life in a miserable state. I declare war on your depression. I declare war on your sadness. I declare war on your loneliness. The devil will take advantage of any situation you're in if you allow it. God still allows you to make the choices. You have the keys. If you don't want to use the keys, you don't have to. So if you're alone, and, and, and I'm going to do a Christmas special. We're going to film it next week. <laughs> Christmas. I'm going to wear red and get jolly real fast. But I want to aim it at people who are alone, who maybe their family's gone or died. Maybe they've outlived. My grandfather took me. He was 90 years old, and we went on a ride through this, his hometown. He lived there his whole life. We go by the... We're going somewhere, and we drove by the cemetery, because when you drive in that town, you're going to pass everything in five minutes. And so we drove past the cemetery, and he goes, I got more friends in the cemetery than I do in town. I thought, man, that's, I never thought of that. <laughs> 
that's one of the consequences of living a long time. You outlive all your friends. You outlive your relatives. Fine, you may find yourself in that position. You may be spending the holidays alone. You can be alone without being lonely. Being alone is a condition. Loneliness is a spirit. And God has not given us the spirit of fear and depression and loneliness and sickness and disease. It's time, folks, that we said enough is enough. I am a child of the Almighty God. I've been given keys. I've got a name that's above every name. I am going to exert my authority in my house, and I've had enough of this. Turn the news off if you have to. It's working against you. So well, how am I going to stay informed? Just watch the headlines. I have the news on on mute. And if anything big happens, you'll see it. Big letters. Other than that, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear all the yak, 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 yak. And then when they run out of news, they start speculating. It's going to be the worst year we've ever had. It's going to be the worst drought. It's going to be the worst flood. It's going to be, we're all going to die. And, and, and I mean, they speculate. Is it, am I just talking to myself here? Man, I live in the same world as you do. I have begged God to let me commute from heaven you know just let me live in heaven i'll come preach on sundays and go back because i'm sick of this i am sick of this how many of you are like what are they doing to my world my country my state what are they doing they're trying to destroy it they they can't you can't they can't destroy you and they can't destroy your well-being because you have a covenant with god but it has to be enforced and you know who the enforcer is you not me it's you whatever you bind on earth god's saying you bind it i'll be right behind you you loose it i'll be right behind you i'll stand up for you <laughs> oh there's so much more i could get to can you put that graphic up with that series uh if you have it this one i did this series on authority and i entitled it who died and made you boss? How you like that? Well, can I answer that? Jesus. Jesus died and made you boss. And, and there it is. It's six messages. You can have those free of charge. If you'll go to my website, find that on the product page and put the code AUTHORITY23. It, you have to do it on your computer. I, I just haven't figured it out yet how to do it on a device. Uh, but if you'll download it to your computer in the mp3 for files you can put it on your phone or whatever but uh, i would love for you to have that series i don't always make it available free um but it's imp I, I knew i could just t touch the tip of the iceberg today but it's time church exercise your thought so well how do you do that with your own words if you talk sadness and depression and facts and news bad news you're going to experience that in your home in your life in your mind but if you turn it around and say i resist this thing i resist fear i resist worry i resist doubt in jesus name i am a child of almighty god greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world uh, whoever's born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith you begin to talk that way and resist the principle here is resist 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 the devil, and he will what? Don't resist the devil, and he won't. Am I right? That's some people's problem right there. It's just as simple as that. They have let, let a bully come in and bully them without offering any resistance. And it's time we said, that's it. I'm not taking this anymore. I am not going to be bullied by my emotions, by spirits that don't belong here. <laughs> Did you know that, that the Bible never tells us to pray to God about the devil and his works? It never says, pray to God about the devil or ask a, a preacher to come and help you with the devil. No, it, it, it gives you the authority. In James 4, 7, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Isn't that what it says? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Mark 16 in the Great Commission uh, he says, uh, in my name, you will cast out devils. That means they have to obey you. Authority is something you have right now. Everybody say, I have authority, I have authority. over my life. 
Now, here's the, the difference. We don't have geographical authority. In, in the spirit, there's not geographical authority necessarily. You have authority over your life. Not my life, but your life. That's why there are certain things I can't do for you and certain things you can't do for me. But you can do them for yourself. So you begin to exercise authority in your home. You have absolute dominion over your home. God, God himself recognizes that. And if you say, I don't allow this, it won't be allowed. I just, you know, we've got to be aware of the spirit world. That's why I took some time to talk about it. If you had a criminal with a knife, if I had a criminal with a knife come in my front door, guess what? He would be resisted. So why? Because I got a gun. You don't come to a gunfight with a knife. I have a gun. He will be resisted. You understand? And I have authority to do that. I ha One time I had a, in another house we lived in, had a lot of trees, and these flying squirrels would fly about 1 o'clock every morning, fly on the roof. You could hear them land on the roof, and they'd crawl into the walls of my house, and they were living in, in my walls near my bedroom. Well, that just gave me the creeps. I mean, it's my house. And I could just imagine them setting up shop in there, having babies and, you know, <laughs> building a little home in there with a patio and I'm thinking not no no not no not in my house but it's in the walls it's in the walls what are you going to do so I called an animal expert and he said well that's where they're getting in he said I don't know what what do you want to do but I said I want them out I said I guarantee you they're coming out if I have to tear up the walls if I have to tear up my floor they are coming out to make a long story short they came out one of them I caught on, on paper, uh, sticky paper, and I sent him to the great beyond, I guarantee you. He, I looked him in the eyes, you picked on the wrong house, you're out of here, and he was. The other one came back, I guess looking for his partner, and I ran into the basement with my robe on and a stick, a broomstick. <laughs> and I started swinging. I missed him. He's running through the, the basement because he saw me. And he must have seen the anger in my eyes. And I didn't get him, but he never came back, ever. He never came back. I know he went out and said, that guy's crazy. Do not. Don't go in that house. He's crazy. We do that when we have criminals or rodents. You need to do that with the devil. He will haunt you and torment you and push you and give you all you'll take. But it's time we stood up and said, that is enough. I'm not taking it anymore. And began to declare your faith in God. Are you with me? Now I wish I could do this. You know how much money I'd make if I could be like a, a personal exorcist? You could have me to your house in 15 minutes. I could clear it of all demons. I could make a fortune doing that. But I can't clear demons out of your house. I clear them out of my house. You take authority. If I hadn't resisted those squirrels, they'd still be there. Generations of them would still be in the walls of that house because it was comfy, I guess probably a little home in there right now that's <laughs> needs repair <laughs> I don't know I moved <laughs> see God doesn't come down and exercise authority in your life he didn't do that with your salvation he presented the offer and you said I take it and he honored that it, it's, it would be like it would be like a policeman who's got a, you know, the squad car and the, and, the, and the radar gun and the badge and the gun and sitting on the side of the road and he sees all these speeders coming by and he knows they're speeding. He's got a radar gun. He could tell they're... And he's watching this going, man, this, this is terrible. This, this highway is out of control. The governor needs to do something about this because these people are going to get someone hurt. I mean, why doesn't the president intervene this is a danger. This is Interstate 49. There's supposed to be some order here. No, he's authorized to do something about this. Governors don't pull people over. It's not good for elections. 
<laughs> you give me you can give me a ticket but i will not vote for you Governors don't do that. They, they have authority. They exercise authority. But they authorize other people to be on the front line. We're the front lines of the kingdom of God. We've been authorized by God to declare, to, to, to bind, to loose. And that doesn't mean that you can just cast devils off the earth. We're never going to make this world. The, the enemy has a right to be here because of his agreement with Adam. That's why he's been here for 6,000 years. So you can't just eradicate the earth. But because of what Jesus has done for us, we can eradicate them from our dominion, from our home, from our realm of authority, and, and those within it. You can exercise authority in your family, for your children, and for your, for your home, for your own life. You can be the happiest person in the world. Why? Reject, reject depression. Resist it. Let me give you another scripture where you know, never does, does, does the Bible tell you to pray. Pray that God would do something about the enemy. In Colossians 2.15, the Bible says Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. He did that for us. See, there was a reason that Jesus was born as a human, a man. He represented all of us. And when he defeated death, he defeated it for us. You know, we talk about how, uh, how man went to the moon and man discovered a, a cure for smallpox and, and whatever, typhoid. Uh, well, well, guess what? Man also defeated death. And man also was raised to the right hand of God. And man also overcame the devil through Jesus Christ. And now, you know, when, when one man gets to the moon, that just means there's been a breakthrough. All of humanity now has that access when when one man learns how to fly now we can all fly when one man discovered electricity and how it operates now we all have lights well i'm going to tell you something another man came he's a he's he's the god man he's he's the mediator between god and man the man jesus christ he defeated death he defeated the devil and he was raised to the right hand of god in ephesians 2 6 says you have been raised and seated with him in heavenly places you're not trying to get victory you have victory you're not trying to operate from a position of uh, of you're, you're like the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world already so well i didn't do anything for it. no jesus did it for you and you're raised and seated with him in heavenly places you can operate in authority that you never knew you had you see we we when we think of conflict you think of power think well he weighs more he's bigger smaller faster than this guy or he's got or this army has more weaponry more sophisticated weapons a better army than this army or this navy has more carriers than this navy we think of power against power but when it comes to the kingdom of god it's not power against power. it's your authority you have authority over all the power. Luke 10, 19. He's given us authority over all the power of the enemy. You see, an officer of the law, his, his ability to enforce the law is not because he has a sidearm. It's because he's got a badge. See the difference? If it was power to power, you might not be able to beat the devil on a bad day. But it ain't. It's authority over his power. And, 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 and authority is determined the, the the power that you have in your authority is determined by the power behind it and god already said whatever you bind i bind whatever you loose i loose i'm going to back you up all of my resources are behind you when an officer pulls somebody over that's why they can take you to jail if you resist arrest when they pull somebody over they're not doing it because they don't like that person they're doing it they're supposed to do it because they're breaking the law and i'm here to enforce the law and if you don't want to obey me, you're going to deal with the state and the federal. Not just, it's not me. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have a captain and he had a lieutenant or whatever, a major behind him and then a governor behind him and then a president behind him. I mean, I'm not doing this on my own. I got backup. It's Jesus. It's the angels of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God the Father. There's so much behind uh, the officer of the kingdom. It's not the gun that gives you authority. It's the, it's the badge. 
I, I, was, I was going through, I was in Tulsa years ago, and I was driving past this apartment complex. There's police cars everywhere, all over the parking lot. And, and I could tell there's something going on, lights flashing. So I drove up. They, they didn't want me there. Um, and they explained that to me in very harsh tones. I don't think they needed to be so harsh. But anyway, I drove out slowly and went to the grocery store. They can't keep you from going to the grocery store. And I sat there in the parking lot and I watched. And I turned the radio on to find out what's going on. And it was on the radio. There was some, uh, somebody had had done a, committed a crime and escaped and run to that apartment complex and gotten in a, an apartment, barricaded themselves in, and some officer of the law was trying to get them out, and they said they weren't coming out. <laughs> so I'm watching this, found out the details, and SWAT drives. I didn't know we had SWAT. <laughs> Tulsa has a SWAT. And these guys are cool. I mean, they get out. And they're decked out, got the machine guns and the black all over them. And, the, and they're, you know, they, they're just like spiders. <laughs> I thought, oh, he's coming out. He's coming out. He may not think he's coming out, but he's coming out. How many of you know he's coming out? Now, it didn't matter. It, the, the, the initial officer could have been a little lady. They have lady policemen. She could have been a 110-pound woman and said, Come out in the name of the law. And it still wouldn't have mattered. He's got to come out. Not because he can whip her, but because she doesn't represent herself. If the police force can't get him out, then there's SWAT. And SWAT can't get him out. And it all started with a little lady police officer saying, come out in the name of the law. And he said, I ain't coming out. She said, oh, yes, you are. I'll be right back. Hello? (laughs) You see what I... We have the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. God says, I'll use whatever resources I have to use to back you up. And if the SWAT can't do it, there's the National Guard. And if the National Guard can't do it, there's the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines. He's coming out. He's coming out. And guess what? He came out. That's authority. You have authority. Any any, any, you know, and that's why we have a, a wrong con- concept of the devil and the battle we're in here. Uh, he doesn't come like, you know, dressed in red with horns and a pitchfork, because you'd laugh at that. But he comes <laughs> subtly in seduction and lies, temptation. Has God said, you cannot eat of any of the trees of the garden? No, that's not what God said. God knows that if you eat of the tree, you're going to be wise like him and know things that you could never know. It's lies. It's seduction. It's temptation. That leads to addiction. It leads to bondage. It leads to mental and physical anguish. And and Christians don't know this knowledge, and that's why it's so important. And I, I, I encourage you to get the series because it's, it's six messages. You can listen to it over and over, and, and, and it'll help you. But Christians that don't have this knowledge are praying, God, do something about my situation. I don't think I can stand this anymore. I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm having suicidal thoughts. I, I'm not happy. Nobody likes me. I'm lonely. I'm, I'm addicted. I've got phobias and fears. Listen, that's... The, the devil doesn't come with a pitchfork and a red suit. He comes like those things. And, he, and, and if you watch too much of the wrong news, the bad news, I call it, then you're, you're going to hear him say, the world's declining. Everybody's in trouble. There's a conspiracy. They're out to get you. You're never going to be what you could have been. Uh, you better hang on for life. An alien's going to get you. That's what gets me about all, all these lies. It's like they can't figure out if we're going to burn alive or freeze. If we're going to die of a flood or we're going to die of you know, a meteorite from outer space. And, and it doesn't matter. It's like the enemy's going to throw enough stuff that if you're scared of anything, you'll pick your poison. 
well, I'm not that afraid of burning. He says, well, then you're going to drown. That's what's going to happen to you. You're going to drown. Let's say enough is enough. Does anybody get anything out of this? I mean, let's just decide I'm not putting up with it anymore. I dare you to be happy. Just be happy. Say something nice to someone. Tell a joke. Tickle a baby. Tell a joke to an adult. They don't like tickle. But do something. And, and just, just as a statement, I'm not giving in to this. I'm not going to be unhappy. I'm not going to be sad. I resist you in the name of Jesus. Let me give you one more scripture. Because this, First uh, Peter 5. First Peter uh, chapter 5. I have all these things in my notes, but I just have pages and pages of notes. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant. This is not me talking. This is the, the Word of God. Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That describes the kingdom of darkness at work in our world. And as I said, it doesn't have geographical boundaries. It's everywhere. But the kingdom of God also is everywhere. So, so the enemy is out to get people. There's just no doubt, no, no two ways about it. But here's what we do. In verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith. Oh, if I had time, I'd talk to you about standing. Standing is a position of authority. You don't have to struggle and strive. You, stand. you take your position and you stand. When your mother told you to clean your room and put her hand on her hip and stood there, you knew, oh, you're, I mean, this, you're not going away, right? Well, I'm getting right to it. I'm going to clean that right up, just like you said. It's stand. A foreman stands. A general stands. When you declare and you begin to resist in your home, in your life, in your mind, you stand in faith. And you don't back down. Amen. So he says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. And then he said this, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We're all going through the same stuff. We're all having to deal with the same demonic kingdom. But there's an answer. I feel so bad for people who live in the kingdom of darkness. No wonder they're deceived and confused. They don't have any relief. We've got an answer. We've been delivered. Everybody say, I'm delivered. I'm free. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm free indeed. I'm free to be happy. I'm free to love. I'm free to live. Free to be successful. I resist doubt. And fear, and depression, and suicide. All these thoughts are not from God. They're not going to rest on me. They're not going to remain in my house. In Jesus' name. You know, when a policeman pulls a car over, he don't have to feel any kind of anointing or unction to do that. He doesn't do it because he's having a good day or a bad day. He does it because he has the authority to do it. You don't have to feel authority, but you do have to exercise it. I dare you to take authority over your home. And come back next time I come with a smile on your face and say, I'm happy. <laughs> and the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and I'm still happy. <laughs> I'm not waiting for the news to get better to be happy. Now, if the whole body of Christ would do what I'm telling you, the world would get better. And more people would come into the kingdom. But I'm not going to base my future, my happiness, my well-being on that. We have a covenant with God that can't be overturned in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? Man, there's so many different ways that this could be taught and... 
I just pray that the Holy Spirit would take the words that I did speak and plant them in your heart and give you something to go on. You can exercise authority over your children. Let me just tell you, Abraham was 100 years old and God called him the father of many nations and he didn't have any kids. <laughs> That's a stretch. He was 75 years old, no kids, and God said, I'm going to cause you to be a blessed. There's going to be nations come from you and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And he didn't have any kids. When you address your children, your, your family, your home, I like to say it this way, if God could call an old man with no kids the father of many nations, you can call your kids smart, obedient, blessed, intelligent, successful. Are you with me? When we don't do that, when we do the opposite, we're literally exercising authority the wrong way. You never listen to me. You never do anything right. Don't exercise your authority in that way over your kids. Yeah, but, it's, but that's what they do. Yeah, but if God could call an old man with no kids the father of many nations, you can call your kids smart, wise, obedient, successful. Are you getting this? Say, well, I just got emotional problems. If God could call an old man with no kids the father of many nations, you can call yourself happy. Free from depression. Free from oppression. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You can call yourself full of power, love, and a sound mind. That's exercising authority. You say, well, I just don't know what difference that'll make. Well, try it. Try it. Amen.